Hey listeners, this is Ben, the Amateur Exegete, and you're listening to episode 28 of Bible Study for Amateurs. Today's episode is, Hey Jude, verses 20 through 23. In the last episode, we looked at verses 17 through 19, a section Christopher Rowland in the Oxford Bible Commentary dubbed an admonition. Today's section, verses 20 through 23, he labels affirmation. And, like the previous three verses, this section begins with the word beloved. Here are verses 20 through 23, as they appear in the New Revised Standard Version. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are wavering. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And have mercy on still others with fear, hating even the tunic, defiled by their bodies. Richard Baucom in the HarperCollins Study Bible notes that in this section of the letter, Jude explains how the readers are to respond to the appeal made in verse 3. Recall that in verse 3, the author indicates that while he had originally intended to write to you about the salvation we share, circumstances had changed, such that his purpose had as well. Instead, he wrote that he felt it necessary to write an appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. And now, per Baucom, here in verses 20 through 23, he is connecting the dots. Baucom writes that in verses 20 through 21, Jude points out the ways in which they can resist the danger from false teaching, while in verses 20 through 23 he discusses the ways in which they should seek to reclaim the false teachers and their followers. So, how can they resist these intruders? First, they can build themselves up on their most holy faith. Jude doesn't seem to be using the word faith, pistis in Greek, to mean trust, as it often means in New Testament literature. Rather, As Andrew Jacobs notes in the Jewish Annotated New Testament, Jude is speaking of the teaching of the community, something mentioned in verse 3 and in other places, like verse 17 with its predictions of the apostles. In other words, the received tradition is the ground floor upon which they are to continue to build and grow. By sticking to this tradition, Jude believes that they won't go astray as the intruders who pervert the grace of God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ had. Second, they can pray in the Holy Spirit. In the last episode, 
I noted that Jude delivers a pretty powerful blow to his opponents by saying in verse 19 that they were devoid of the Spirit. This was probably his way of saying that they weren't really Christ followers. So, in contrast to them, and as evidence that they are Christ followers, Jude tells his audience to pray in the Holy Spirit. Jacob thinks that this might be a reference to the worship practice of ecstatic utterance of words, presumed to be from God, something Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians. Whatever it's referring to, in light of verse 19, it seems that Jude's encouraging his readers by saying, if you pray in the Spirit, it's clear you're not devoid of the Spirit. Third, they can keep themselves in the love of God. Set in contrast to everything that Jude has said about his opponents, this is another way he ensures his intended audience feels part of the community. In verse 1 of the letter, Jude had told them they were beloved in God the Father and kept safe for Jesus Christ. And throughout the letter, he refers to his audience as beloved. This constant reassurance is a rhetorical move by Jude to let them know that, unlike his opponents, they belong to God and Jesus Christ. They are loved. Judgment isn't reserved for them unless they stray from the holy faith. Finally, they can look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Roland writes, The coming of the Lord will not be tribulation and judgment for those who follow the author's advice, but mercy. From a safe vantage point, they can eagerly await the return of Jesus. Yes, as Enoch had predicted, the Lord is coming with ten thousands of his holy ones, but it isn't to execute judgment on them, but upon the intruders. They will receive mercy, and because of their faithfulness to the tradition, eternal life. Jude closes this section by telling his readers to turn their energy upon those within their community who follow these intruders. Using the catchword mercy, Jude tells his readers to have mercy on some who are wavering. The idea here is to treat them gently, but this is a strategy that won't work for everyone. In verse 23, he writes that they should save others by snatching them out of the fire. This sounds exactly as you might think. Just as you wouldn't pull someone out of a fire slowly and gently, lest they be consumed by the flames, so too Jude tells his readers that they need to snatch some from the fire of judgment before it's too late. Incidentally, the word rendered snatching is the same word used by Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17 to describe what happens to those Christ followers who are alive at Jesus' coming. Finally, Jude tells his audience that while they should have mercy on them, they need to do so with fear, hating even the tunic defiled by their bodies. Andrew Jacobs notes that the Greek text isn't entirely clear here, but that it may be referring to impure contagion from the defiled enemies. Bauckham writes that it 
implies the danger of personal contact with those who indulge in the sins of the flesh. Whatever the case may be, it nevertheless demonstrates that for Jude, the situation for these intruders is not entirely a lost cause. Where there is life, there is hope. That's all the time we've got this week. See you next time. And remember, in the words of Richard Elliott Friedman, one does not need to deny what is troubling about the Bible in order to pay respect to what is heartening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>